You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, we invite your yourself. Risking and trying and failing a lot because I am excited about like what's possible right now. How would you define the term breakthrough for yourself? Here's what I was talking about. I had to be real with myself because... I'm talking about change in my life. How would you define the term breakthrough for breakthrough for yourself? So if whatever pain I'm in, if I'm fighting with it head on, it's very unlikely that I'm going to have what I would consider a breakthrough. It's the transition where I start to acknowledge the value of the tension. The tension has got my attention. Enough that I can step back from it and say, this is useful to me somehow because I was not paying attention to this problem. This problem was running the show and now I can step back from it and say, all right, I see you pain. Now, this is the most important part. Do I have at least one more option than I thought I had yesterday? So where that tension meets one more option than I thought I had yesterday, if I can just rename the problem, that's my opportunity for a breakthrough. I know what you mean. What is your name? I am Diana Valentine. That's why I'm having so much fun. I'm a college professor. And I teach teachers how to teach, students how to learn, and seekers how to find their way through the darkness. This is the most important part. And you are listening to the Afro Existential Podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network. Bring the girl here. Welcome to the Afro Existential Podcast, a podcast and audio play in one. I am one of your hosts, Indira Wilson. And I'm Blaine Van Teemer. Now, scream your lungs out. This season, we'll be presenting a brand new audio play entitled Pandora's Trump and a new interview series entitled The Breakthrough from Vision to Fruition. In this series, we hear from people who took a great idea and made it a reality. We want to know how they did it and how they got over the obstacles along the way. We hope that it helps and inspires you to make your great idea a reality. But before we go to commercial, here is a sneak peek of our next audio play, Pandora's Trunk. Pandora Washington is on a quest to find her birth mother. In this scene, she meets Sister Rosemary, who tries to explain to Pandora how she was seduced by the new minister of the first and last most faithful harvest and grains at Abernathy Church. We shall begin now. Matthew 15, 11 says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Matthew 15, 11. Lord, that what it do say. He ain't lie. He ain't lie because that's what it do say. Ha! Then Pandora girlfriend, he did me like he did Eve. Ha! He wanted me to taste his fruit. Ha! He wanted me to taste his fruit. Ha! Let me say it one more time. He wanted me to taste his fruit. Ha! Strange fruit. Oh, was it a mango or a tangelo? Were like no mango or no 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again. And welcome back. We're kicking off our new interview series, The Breakthrough, from vision to fruition with a friend of mine and a friend of my mind, Diana Valentine. She is an educator, motivator, and self-proclaimed instigator. And I had a chance to talk to her about her work and her most recent breakthrough. I have taught at Santa Monica College for 16 years last week, believe it or not. I teach student success. So I teach students how to go to college. I teach them how to navigate different kinds of life and study skills. My favorite three conversations to have is helping teachers delight in their craft, helping students navigate this incredibly exploitative and oppressive system of education and helping um, my peers, my favorite people in the world, helping them make sense to themselves so that they can help the world be a better place. You mentioned once before you, you felt like you were an accidental business person. I think when I said accidental, what I meant was aside from jobs that I worked for an organization or a company, the very first time I ever got paid to speak on stage the very first time I ever got paid to help an individual, the very first time I ever got paid to stand in a classroom and teach, the very first time I ever did teaching work. In all those cases, they were someone else outside of me valuing my work and saying, I'd like, to, you did that really well. You seem to enjoy it. Can I give you some money to do it over here for us? That's how my business started as an independent contractor, which is really what I've done for about 20 years. It was like being discovered over and over again in a certain mm. kind of way. And so then once someone saw me and identified me and said, what you're doing is actually worthy and there people recognize this as a service and will give you money. I was able to get paid from lots of different clients and I was totally surprised. It was almost like discovering a new market. What's happened recently is that I really felt super strongly that my student success work was, is really well established. I have a good way of adding new content to that. My individual transition talks with, with amazing humanitarians and beautiful people. It's really solid. I have been doing it long enough with hundreds and hundreds of people that I feel very good at it. I feel I can practice with, within my scope. I feel, feel great at it. And those kind of have found a sort of 
happy plateau in a way, but the curriculum development stuff and taking the student success content that I've created and actually trying to gift it to organizations, gift it to teachers, gift teacher training, mentor teachers just on the side for free. It, I've done enough of it for free right? right <laughs> in a way. Right. And what happened in the fall is I got discovered again. Right. Someone said, you've given us a lot of content. You've really helped our organization. We'd really like to pay you out of the grant. How would you feel about that? And I said, excuse me? Yes, please. Right. I would like to get paid for that. Because there's something about doing that work at an institutional level that makes total sense to me as a practitioner. I've done it for myself. I've helped students with it. I've helped my peers and my teachers with it. And now if I could do it at the institutional level, just think about the number of people I could help. I got discovered. So I gifted my work for a couple of months and I wasn't trying to get a job. I wasn't trying to get them to pay me. I was really just trying to get this content that I worked so hard at distributed. About six weeks ago, we had a casual conversation of what if we could support you and pay you out of the grant? Would that be okay? And I said, yes, please. I'm now training myself to say yes to money. Right. A whole new thing. <laughs> and so then I spent the holidays thinking, this can't actually work, can it? Is this going to work? Is this possible? Did I just get discovered again at 52 years old, about to be 53, <laughs> to do exactly what I've been doing for free for about 15 years? This is perfect timing. It's in a pandemic. My income has been down for two years. Like I was really at this place where I was like, I have to figure something out. And I honestly, Blaine, I thought I was going to have to go outside my industry, go outside my, get a new topic. I thought right. I was going to have to get a new topic. So that was the difference between aspirational work or the idea that the work I'm doing is good, it's reasonable, it's useful to people, and then really insisting that I, to myself, insisting that I find some people who could benefit from it and who wanted it. I found someone who was receptive. We talked about it. And it was exactly the right place to be. It was a, it's aligned with my values. And that took my aspiration into action. And that action led directly to this beautiful breakthrough. How would you define the term breakthrough for yourself? For myself, a breakthrough for me generally comes at the, at the nexus of accepting the crisis or accepting and acknowledging the value of whatever the tension is. If the tension is within myself, if it's philosophical, if the tension is logistical, so it's it's financial or it's access to a tool or a resource that I need, if the tension or conflict is emotional or relational, so if whatever pain I'm in, if I'm fighting with it head on, it's very unlikely that I'm going to have what I would consider a breakthrough. It's the transition where I start to acknowledge the value of the tension because it's given, it's got my attention. The tension has got my attention enough that I can step back from it and say, this is, this is useful to me somehow because I was not paying attention to this problem. This problem was running the show. And now I can step back from it and say, all right, I see you pain. I see you tension. I see you conflict. Now, do I have at least one more option than I thought I had yesterday? Mm. So where that tension meets just a little bit of potential, just a little bit, one more option than I thought I had yesterday, if I can just rename the problem 
So the tension usually is built on some kind of lie. It's built on something that says, I can't do it. I am not capable of it. I'm the one who's broken. The problem is me. That's usually when I'm living in tension. But when I get to that place where I say, what if it's not me? That's my opportunity for a breakthrough. And if I can get just a little bit, one step past that and say, I see you problem, either give it, give it away. Let like really literally delegate it, give it away to somebody, let somebody else hold the crying baby for a minute. Anything that would give me a little bit of air. So to me, that's where the breakthrough is. It's right at that moment, at least in my life, where I can I can see the problem for what it is. Who do you think Diana Valentine was pre-breakthrough and who is she now post-breakthrough? It's almost like it's not so binary as it is cyclical. So I would say that a, a lot of the work that I, the personal work that I've been doing in the last four or five years has been deeply spiritual, has been about cultivating trust, cultivating faith, and having that having that nourish my resiliency and my ability to tolerate discomfort. I'm really, I do have a high tolerance for discomfort, but I don't really enjoy hanging out in it. Maybe people do. I don't think many people enjoy that, but I have had these long periods of feeling really conflicted and really struggling with my identity, struggling with what's possible, feeling like doing is worth money. It's worth, it's worth living a comfortable life to be of this great service. I've been, I've struggled with that. So a lot of my own inner work has been circled around trust. And it's not blind, total release of responsibility kind of trust, but it's just enough trust to get me over the next hump. Just enough of knowing I'm I'm talking about the right things. I'm doing the right things. I'm just good enough of a person to deserve <laughs> a little bit of a break or deserve a discovery. Just that little whisper and even cultivating that little kernel of trust for myself within myself, not intellectual trust, but true, like all body energetic trust. But it's right now it's like a little tiny kernel. So right. before this most recent breakthrough, it was there and it was this little kernel. I knew I was supposed to have it, having those conversations. I knew I was supposed to be giving away my content. I knew I was supposed to be giving my time. It felt free. It felt, felt delightful. I didn't have any conflict on it. I wasn't even thinking about commerce. But what happened in the moment when someone turned to me and had that, it's almost like what I say I do for clients. Like one of my clients said, it was like I was living in a bottle of ketchup. I was the ketchup. And I knew that I was in a bottle and I knew that I was red and I knew that I was tangy, but you just breezed along and you just read the label and it said ketchup and you said ketchup out loud. And I went, oh, I'm That's ketchup. It makes everything so much easier. And I remember when she said that that was years ago, it was one of the, one of the first times somebody reflected back to me what experiencing my work was like. Right. And I think that's what happened for me six weeks ago right. is that this really lovely collaborator who I was working with just turned to me and said, you're ketchup. We pay for ketchup in these parts. And I went, oh, I'm ketchup and you pay for ketchup in these parts. And it was almost like the acknowledgement of myself, not just some, some dismembered service or product right. that I could provide, right. but me and myself, this telephone call, I would like to give you money to make your life easier to support you was literally on the cusp of feeling like I cannot do this. I need to change my whole career. 
do I need to get a certificate in petroleum science or something? Like, <laughs> what do I need to do right now? I was really at that point. Like, but I, you know what the funny thing is, Diana? I, I think change everything. <laughs> I think you would have ended up getting into petroleum science and then giving the petroleum science away. Like you would have got the degree in like a year and then you would have been like, okay, I need, this is great information. I need to give all this away. And you would have been in the same <laughs> spot. <laughs> I know you're too right. I know you're too right. But I would say that's that difference. And it can be in a moment in a day. And I, I tell the story to say, even though I really do have quite a lot of confidence in what I'm doing and I generally, I don't offer something up to someone unless I feel pretty good at it. Right. And I have exceedingly high standards. However, I can have all the confidence in the world, but if I can't see myself as ketchup and I can't identify myself or orient myself, it's very difficult to see through to inspiration. And I think certainly that's been impacted by the pandemic. I think that's been impacted by the crisis in the world. I just think it's, I feel really beaten down by the violence that's happening in the world on many levels. And so that was, that was preventing me from seeing the breakthrough. But again, in reflection, I recognize now that many of my breakthroughs that had to do with my forward facing service or business most of those breakthroughs have had that catalytic aspect of, I know there are some options here. I've just gotten to the point where I'm seeing that the problem is not me. And boop, here's a little angel collaborator to say, I'd like to give you money for that. And it's, right. I don't know how to describe it. I don't think that I didn't, I didn't design this, this process. I think somebody's looking out for me, but consistently across the last 20 years of my career, it has been the case that I've gotten to the edge of what felt like the darkest night of the soul, but I had just popped my head out of it to say, I don't think this is me, or this is really all, I don't think this is all mine. And then a little angel collaborator, a real person pops up to say, I'd like to play with you on that. And oh, P.S. And by the way, we have some money. So I don't want to say that anybody listening, if this is all magical thinking, it's really not. When you start to honor what you have confidence in by doing it. Yes. So there have been a lot of times when I've taken pauses or just sat back on it and not really, not really shared what I was doing or not really tried to try to distribute what I was doing where nobody knew, nobody knew. And then right. if I took a moment and said, Oh, I'm doing this thing over here. And people went, what? Tell me about that. Show it to me. And I, and it reminded me, Oh yeah, you do have to, <laughs> you do have to acknowledge the Let craft. Right. You do have to honor the craft, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think my work right now is, is in recognizing. So I'm, I'm dismantling a foundational lie right now. That's a lot of what I do in my work in, in agitating these systems that keep us from being able to really enjoy ourselves, enjoy our work, continue making art, whatever it is that we're doing is, and that was, I think that was one of your questions had to do with, with what this breakthrough taught me about myself. So one of the things that taught me, and it was, I cannot make it up. So within a week of that contract being signed, I had a call with a client and in the call with the client, we found a lie. We found a lie that was underneath a lot of how she does what she does. And it had to do with freedom. It had to do with what, what you have to do to earn freedom or earn independence. So 
I went on a walk on the beach, which is another area that I'm trying to do more of trying to allow myself to experience joy. But I went on a walk on the beach and I sat down and I was looking at the ocean and I said, you know, I bet there are some lies underneath this difficulty accepting money. I bet there's some lies underneath this idea that you can be a working artist who, who supports themselves. I bet there's a lie underneath this idea that you're getting too old to be hireable at a normal job because I've really been thinking a lot about day jobs lately and I said what is the lie what is the lie what is the lie and it popped up right in front of my eyes Blaine so what I learned about myself not not is that I have a lie that I'm the only one that I have to do everything single-handedly that there's never going to be a safety net there's never going to be a buffer so that I can make a mistake, but I'll have some backup. I have this thing that functions underneath a lot of what I do. And it's not that it's unfounded totally. Right. I don't have a trust fund. I don't have, I don't have a lot of access to resources in a certain kind of way, but it is a bold face lie that I don't have help. It is a bold face lie that these discovery angels have not popped up at every turn in beautiful parts of my career and my creativity and my ability to express myself creatively. It is an absolute lie. So if that's a lie, what is possible that the day before I was sitting at the ocean was not possible? That discovering of that lie was what gave me the little bit of air to say, oh, the problem might not be me. And we'll be right back after a brief message. Welcome back. We are so excited about this new season and we have so many cool things lined up. I was afraid of that. My personal favorite, we have a new segment called It Makes It Easier to Do What Must Be Done with our friend Henri. <laughs> and he is always going to keep it real and keep us grounded in what Afro existentialism is all about. Who told you that? I saw on my bill that I was charged on my credit card, the, the use of the app that I had paid for the year previously. I was like, why am I being charged all over again? And I didn't guess read the fine print that said that this was an annual prescription and that each year you're going to be charged 15 or $16 or $20 for your annual prescription. And Prescri the off was it a prescription or a subscription? A subscription. And yeah, it felt like a prescription at the time I saw the bill. <laughs> and so I happened to I, I looked at my steak and I was like, what is that for? So I said, I, I, I didn't. And I missed it by one day. I was supposed to I was supposed to send them an email or something telling them, do not renew my thing. So I had missed it by one day. So I, I felt like I shouldn't have been charged, even though technically, I guess I should have been charged because I was one day late. And so I was like, I am not paying $24 for service that even though I bought the app for $15.99, I never used the app for the $15.99 one year that I did have. And so I certainly wasn't paying for another $15. $15.99 of an app I didn't use for the first $15.99. I called was it, my... Was it $15.99 or $24.99? I don't remember. $24.99. I guess they, they give you the platinum package if you don't call back and tell them to cancel the whole pack. And so I called my credit card company and I was like, there's a um, fraudulent charge on my credit card. I could tell from the woman's voice that I was going to get the unbaton response. I'm so sorry, sir. Can't make any changes to the bill at this time. You could if you really wanted to. And so instantaneously, I got into my, my actor's guild and I said, I'm having some difficulty talking to you, miss. I just had brain surgery and was released today to come home. 
and I happened to see the charge on my account. The day that I was charged, I wasn't even awake yet from the anesthesia. I didn't wake up until the next day because the surgery was so long, they had to give me so much anesthesia. So I had no opportunity to call, miss, to cancel the prescription or subscription or whatever it was. You really think you can get away with this madness? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. I had no idea that you, oh my God, you just had brain, I said, I, I, I think it was brain surgery. I really can't tell you, miss, because the medication I'm on, I really don't even know where I am, miss. But what happened to me? And she said, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. What was the charge that you were charged? I was charged um, um, $24.99 for a prescription or subscription. I'm not quite sure what it was. I'm on medication right now while I'm talking to you. But I, I did not want that. I did not want it. And she said, well, well what, what can I, I said, I, 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 I just have to catch my breath, miss. I, I, I'm really not supposed to be talking, especially on the telephone. I would just like that charge removed from my credit card if, if that's possible. And she said, oh, certainly, sir. Certainly, sir. We're going to remove that charge immediately. Oh, oh, miss, you have made my day, which I hope I have many more to go. And she said, oh, certainly, sir. She said, well, you, you get some rest. You get some rest. And I, I wish you the best recovery and, and get well soon. I said, I can only hope so, especially now with the charge being removed. I can rest a little bit more comfortably. And she said, oh, yes, sir. Rest, yes, sir. Get all the rest you can. And I said, oh, thank you, miss. I'm going to have to go now because I'm, I, I don't know if I feel a little queasy or something. And she said, okay, sir. Well, thank you. I'm removing the charge as we speak. And I said, thank you, miss. I appreciate that. And I hung up the phone and I said, woo-wee, the envelope, please. I want to share this one with you. <laughs> I love the fact that you just had brain surgery and you came home and you looked at your credit card bill. I looked at my credit card bill <laughs> realizing I was a day late from calling the We are so glad you joined us for another episode of the Afro Existential Podcast. Please check out our interview with Hannah Shotis and Richard Loya from the Actors Gang Theater Company's Prison Project in our next episode. And take a moment to visit us at our website, afroexpodcast.com, for more fun and insightful content. Anything else? Please click subscribe. And check us out on Instagram at afroexpodcast. Anything else? Email us your comments or questions at afroexpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to our guest, Diana Valentine. Check out her website at dianavalentine.com. And a special thanks to the brilliant Lachey Tomlinson, who plays Sister Rosemary in her upcoming audio play, Pandora's Trunk. Anything else? I am Indira Wilson. And I'm Blaine Bantimer. Again, thank you for joining us. And as always, have a great day on purpose. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.